0: Now, if you've got your Bibles this morning, I want you to open them up to the book of 1 John. This is our third and last message from the book of 1 John on freedom from deception. The third message on freedom from deception. The first message was freedom from deception, the truth about Jesus. And we took the book of 1 John and showed you the truth about Jesus about the antichrist the antichrist spirit and how Jesus is God manifest in the flesh and first John gives us a clear picture of who Jesus is and why he came and it will keep us from deception then the second message that we had from first John freedom from deception the first was the truth about Jesus The second one was the truth about salvation. How is a person saved and how they can know that they're truly saved and not deceived? Now, the reason we use 1 John to talk about freedom from deception is the words, we know. Now, listen to me carefully. The words, we know or know, are used 27 times in those five little chapters. John said, now, we know, we know. You know, by this we know, over and over again, the words is, we know this is the truth. Now, the only way you can know deception is if you know the truth. If you know the truth, then error will be apparent and obvious to everyone. And so we've just been talking about, in the last days, these are days of great deception. The Bible says that people will follow seducing spirits and doctrines of demons the Bible says they will teach to themselves teachers having itching ears who will tell them what they want to hear. It says that false prophets and false teachers will arise and deceive many. These are the days of great deception. And the way to know deception is to know the truth. And that's why 1 John is so important. It says we know who Jesus is. We know how we can know we're truly saved. This morning, I'm just going to give you a brief glimpse of three truths so you won't be deceived. The first one is, how do we know that we truly love God, and how do we know that we truly love people? Now, it's easy to say, well, I love God. But how do you know that you really love God? And you can say, well, I I love people, brother. Well, listen, let me ask you this. How can you truly know that you love people. First John gives you a clear answer to that truth. And then the second one is about the truth. About how you know that God hears and answers prayer. I mean something. Hey, every one of these is vital to us. Knowing that we truly love God and love people. Man, we, want to be, we don't want to be deceived there. We will know that our love is genuine. And then the next one is, how can you know that God hears and answers your prayer? Prayer is a vital part of our life every day that we live. I want to know how I know that God hears my prayer. And I want to know how I know that God answers the prayer that I pray. Hey, 1 John answers that. And then the third thing is, it gives us the truth about the return of Christ and how to prepare ourselves. All three of these things, 1 John goes into great detail, so we will not be deceived about those matters. Now, the truth, how do we know that we love God, and how do we know that we love people? Now, let me ask you this. Keep your your Bible open to 1 John. Just keep it open there. But now, how important is it to love God? How important is it to love people? You want to know how important it is? All you've got to do, and you don't need to turn, but in Matthew chapter 22 Verse 26. I want you to listen. Man, you talk about important to know that you really love God and to know that you really love people because right here it says in Matthew chapter 22 verse 36. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? A lawyer is asking Jesus, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, now listen to his answer, you shall love the Lord your God With all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now, you want to know what the great commandment is? What's more important to God than anything else? You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then Jesus said, and the second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. How important is it to know that you truly love God and that you truly love people? Jesus said, hey, that's the greatest commandment of all. And on this loving God and loving people hangs all of the law and the prophets. You say, okay. Well, pastor, how do I know that I love God? How do I know that I love him? All right, look at 1 John two sixteen and 17. This is going to kind of surprise you. You're going to know one way that you truly love God is that you won't love the world, the world system that we're living in, of which Satan is the prince. It, it plainly says in 1 John 2, 16 and 17, listen to what it says. It says, now, how can I know love God? He said, well, if, if you know you love God, if you don't love the world system you're living in. It says in verse 15, do not love the world. Now, it's not talking about the created world. It's not talking about the world of people. We're to love God's created world, and we're to love people. But he's talking about the world system, and it tells us what it is. It says, do not love the world or the things that are in the world. Now, listen to this. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If you love this world system, it's a, it, it's a, a testimony that you don't love God. It's very plain here. He says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not is not in him. You cannot love this world system and love God. And it goes on and says, it describes the world system that we're not to love. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not of the Father. And if you love the world system, you don't love God. It is not of the Father, it is of the world. And this world system is passing away with all of its lust. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Now, one way you can know you love God is you don't love the world system. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Well, there's another way that you can know you love God. Look at chapter 5 of 1 John 2 and 3. He says, now, you really want to know if you love God. Well, you're not going to love the world system. He said, but I'm telling you also, if you really love God, I'm going to tell you how you can know you love him. Look at chapter 5, verse 2. By this we know. You see how many times that word knows in this book? He just kept saying, now you really want to know. Now This is the way you can know. By this we know that we love the children of God. How can we know we love each other? Now listen to what he says. By this we can know we love the children of God. When we love God... And keep his commandments. There it is. By this we know we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments. Now listen to this. For this is the love of God. That we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. You know how you can know you love God? Is because you obey him. Obedience. Well I tell you brother Fred. I love God. But you don't obey his word you do not, then that's a contradiction. That can't be true. By this we know love God, that we love God. If we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not a burden. Did you know Jesus addressed that? Over in John chapter 14, he was talking to those, his followers. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It is so easy to say, well, I love God. But I want to ask you, do you love this world system? If you do, the love of the Father is not in you. It's easy to say, I'm I'm telling you, brother Fred, I love God. What, are you obeying Him? I didn't say you were perfect. I didn't say you never messed up. But I'm asking you, is your lifestyle one of obedience to God? Man, if you love Him, it will not be a burden to obey Him. It will be a delight to obey Him. So we can know we love God when we do not love this world system. We can know we love God when it is a delight for us. To obey God in our lives. And, the, and there's a third way. You'll know that you love God when you, do, when, when you love people. Look at chapter 4. I want you to get this now. Verses 20 and 21. How can I know I love God, Brother Fred? I don't want to be deceived. Well, you won't love the world system. You'll obey his word. It's not a burden. It'll be a delight to obey him. How's the third way you can know you love God? It says in verse 20. Now get this. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he say he loves God whom he has not seen? Now, did, He says, if you say, well, I love God, but you hate people. He said, that can't be. If you don't love people you have, you whom you have seen, how in the world can you love God whom you've never seen? And then it goes on and says here, we love him. It goes on in verse 21. And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother. So it is obvious we can know whether we love God or not. Hey, we don't have to be deceived. I don't love this world system, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. I love the Father. I I want to obey him. I want to obey Him. I love Him. And to obey Him is my delight because I love the God who created me. And also, I want you to know, I know I love Him because I don't hate His creation. I don't hate those people that are created in His image. I do not. I cannot say I love God if I don't love the people that God created. But then there goes on to the second thing. Well, how can you know if you love people? It's easy to say, well, I I love everybody, Brother Fred. I, I love everybody. Well, how can you really know if you love people? Well, First John was written to show us that whether or not we truly love God, or that if we truly love people. All right, look at chapter three, verse eleven. You remember, you remember the great commandment: love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Look in First John three eleven, and he and he's referring back to the great commandment that was given back in the Old Testament about loving God and loving your neighbor. In 1 John 3.11 he says, for this is the message, now stay with me, that we have heard from the beginning. Okay, he said, I have heard this message all the way back from the beginning. Now what is the message that we've heard from the beginning? This is a message we've heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Hey, he said, the message is, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the first and great command. And second, love your neighbor as yourself." You say, but pastor, how can I know if I really love people? Now, I will say this to you, and, and it will give you great comfort, okay? You, you have to love everybody, but you don't have to like everybody. Aren't you glad of that? There's a lot of people that I love. Well, I, in fact, I don't know anybody I don't love. I mean, really, I don't. I, I don't have any hatred. But you know, th- there are people I don't like. It's not that I don't love them. I don't like their ways. I don't like the way they live and respond in their life but that doesn't alter the fact that i love them and want what's best for them and want them to know god and love god and having a relationship with jesus christ you can love a person and you want what's best for them but their lifestyle and the way they act and the way they treat you and treat people you don't have to like that you'd be a phony if you said you did but you don't have a choice about loving people i remember get a friend of mine i was real close to this pastor buddy of his and as they were getting ready to leave, apart, and we're going to be apart from each other for a while, the guy looked at him and said, he said, he called his name and said, I want you to know I like you. And he said, well, what's that all about? He said, I just want you to know I like you. See, I, I don't have a choice about loving you. God says I has to. But I want you to know that I even like you. That ain't bad. You say, Brother Fred, I love you. Well, I hope you like me. I don't see anybody in this room I don't like. You say, you're lying. I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. Like the fellow said, I like you warts and all. I'm telling you, it's no problem. But you see, this thing about loving people, you know, how do you know that you love people? First of all, you'll know by the way you respond to. Look at verse 17 and 18. You you need to know this. 1 John 3, 17 and 18. Well, how can I know, Brother Fred, that I really do love people with the love of God? I want what's high and best for them. Now, this is going to help you because you struggle with how you respond to situations and to needs. All right. In verse 17 of 1 John 3, this is what he is saying. Now, You're not just supposed to say to people you love them, but you're supposed to manifest that love by what you do for them, by what you do for them. All right, so it says here in verse 17, whoever has this world's goods, okay, you got food, you got clothes, you got shelter, you got a car, I mean, you got the necessities of life, whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, And shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? So here I am. I'm blessed. And I see a brother or sister who has need. And I shut up my heart from him. How can I say that uh, the love of God abides in me? And then he says it. Look at verse 18. My little children. An affectionate term for Christians. Don't love with your words. Don't love with your tongue but love by your deeds and by your truth. Now, you know what he just said? It's easy for you to say, well, I love you. But then a person has need, and you just shut up your heart. And you have the capacity to meet that need. You have the capacity, but you shut up your heart. And he said, well, how can you say the love of God abides in you? You say you love him, but he has a need. He said, remember this, don't just love with your words. I'm reading exactly from 1 John. Do not love with your words or with your tongue, but love indeed by what you do and in truth. Now, let me tell you the difficulty here. You're never going to have a time in your life when there are people around you where there are no people around you that have need. Oh, no. It's always going to be there. There's always going to be people that need food. There's always going to be people that need clothes. There's always going to be people that need shelter. Always go- there are always going to be people around you that have need. And frankly, you could give everything you have away, and there still would be multitudes of people around you who have need. So with the, how do you deal with that? You're always going to have people around you that have need. So how do you deal with it? How do you know? Well, let, let me tell you what you do. The people that God brings into your life and the people, the Spirit of God says to you, now, I want you to help them. There may be five other people over here that have just as much need, but you don't feel the, 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 the leadership of the Holy Spirit or the burden of God to help them. Because I'm going to tell you something. You cannot help everybody. You can't. It's impossible. You can't do it. But I tell you what you can do. You can, you can show the love of God to those that God brings into your life. And that God impresses you. Now that's the person. I want you. See that brother? I want you. And it doesn't mean he's necessarily saved. I want you to help him. Share what you have to help him in his time of need. But God's Spirit will lead you because I'm telling you, you'll go crazy if you think you've got to help everybody that has a need. Because there's always going to be more people with needs than you can ever help. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You have to respond to what God says you to do. i got a preacher friend of mine that he always carries a $100 bill in his billfold. Always. That must be nice. But he always carries a $100 bill in his billfold. You know why he carries it? Because he's just waiting on God to say, you need to help that man. You need to help that woman. He's always waiting for God to say. And oftentimes it's preachers that he knows. And he'll just be with them. And then he'll say, you know, I don't understand, but God just told me that I need to give this to you. And he'll pull out his billfold and he'll give him $100. Does he do it to everybody? No. But he does it to the person that God tells him to. Don't misunderstand me. We have compassion on every person. Every person. But you've got to understand, you have to be willing, when a brother or sister has need, you have to be willing to share with them the ones that God has brought into your life. Now, we have a basic principle at Luke 4.18 Fellowship. We never, never turn away people from food and from food and uh, for, the, for food, we never do that. In other words, sometimes people want us to pay their power bill. We say, "Well, we, you know, th- there are certain guidelines we have because we can't pay the power bill of all the people in Mobile whose power's been turned off." So, how do we do? Th- this is the basic rule. Anybody comes and says, I don't have anything to eat or drink. Hey, we never turn them away. Never. You say, well, what if they're kind people? That's not my responsibility. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is with the information I have to say, listen, now, do we give them money? No. We give them that which would only enable them to buy food. Where can, but, 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 but there's a basic principle. But there are many other needs that we could meet them all. We could take all the money we take in. We could meet them all. So what do we do? We talk about it. We pray about it. And we ask the Holy Spirit to show us what to do. Now, if you really love people, God's going to bring people in your life that have need. And you're not going to just say, I love you. You're going to do what God tells you to do. And it's going to be a joy. And you're going to minister. And God will use you in their life. So one way that we can show we love people is that we manifest our love. We manifest our love by our actions. We do not just love with word or tongue. And here's the next one, how you can tell you love people. Look at verse uh, 16. Now, look at verse 16. The way you can tell that you love people is, one, you manifest your love by your actions. But the second way you manifest your love for people is that you are unselfish. And I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about with your time. I'm talking about with your willingness to, quote, inconvenience yourself to minister to another person. Notice what it says in verse 16. I love this. It's called and by the way, this is true of your marriage, your relationship with your wife and your husband, this is true in your relationship with your children and your grandchildren. This is true in relationship to cho- to teenagers to their parents. Look what it says. In verse 16. By this we know love. All right. I want to know. I've I, mean, I talked to you about how you can know you love God. You don't love the world system. You obey him. And you love people, but how can I really know I love people? It says, "By this we know, uh, we lo- by this we know love, beca- because He, Jesus, laid down His life for us." You say, "Brother Fred, how do you know Jesus loves you?" I tell you what: look at that cross over there. Look at that cross. He laid down His life for me. I don't ever have to question Jesus. Do you really love me? Do I really love you? I took my sins in Your body. And I died on the cross in your place. No one took my life from me. I laid it down, a ransom for many. He said, I could have called a legion of angels to come and deliver me. But I didn't do that because I loved you. I laid down my life for you. By this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. Are you ready? And we ought to lay down our lives for each other. Wow. We live in a selfish world. We live in a self centered world. It's I, me, and mine. A world controlled by greed and covetousness. But not so with the people of God. You see, our lives are, we live unselfish lives. And I'm not just talking about money, I'm talking about time. Your willingness to listen. Your willingness to go the second mile with a person. Your, your compassion and your reaching out to them. Yes, it inconveniences you. Yes, it takes time that you could do other things with. I know that. But folks, listen to me. It's not about us just living for ourselves. Paul said that we not only need to look out for our own interests. He said we not only need to look out for our own interests, but for the interest of others. And so the way you can know you love people is unselfishly, you just lay down your life. You just lay down your life. You don't have to have your way. You don't have, it's not about selfishness, I, me, and mine. I'm just willing to lay down my life. But I'll tell you what, that'll, that'll build a strong marriage if you'll lay down your life for your wife or for your husband. That'll build a strong marriage if you'll lay down your uh, family, if you lay down your life for your children. And you, teenagers will understand, hey, it's not just all about me. It's about the people God gave me to love me and to raise me. The way you can know you love people is this. You manifest your love by what you do. But also you lay down your life for people. You live a life that is unselfish. And you minister to people. And of course one way you know you uh, love people is you don't hate anybody. And that's, that's in verse 20. Verse 20 it says, it, it says um, if someone says I love God. Now just listen to this. If someone says I love God. And hates his brother, he's a liar. I love God, but I tell you what, I hate him. I hate her. I hate them. Well, you lied. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. But he does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he has not seen? You know, you know what the great commandment is? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so I think it's very important that we ask the Word of God to search us. Do I really love God? Well, how can I know? I don't love this world system with the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Do I really love God? How can I know? It's a delight for me to obey Him. That's, it's a deli- His, His commandments are not burdensome. It's a delight for me to obey Him. That's the way I can know that I love God. And I love people created in His image. Well, how can I know I love people? Well, you can show it by your actions. Don't love with your words or your tongues, but in deed and in truth. You can do it by laying down your life. Living an unselfish life. And you can do it by not hating people. Now, I want to say this. I'm not going to get to the other two points. Man alive, I'm glad I didn't try to preach all three. We'd be here till three o'clock, and we've got to be out here at three o'clock. But anyway, now let me talk to you about this. And this is very important. You'll never love God the way you should. And you'll never love people until you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't work up genuine love. You cannot work it up. You cannot work it up. In fact, you have to fight selfishness. And you have to fight uh, uh, bitterness or anger toward people who don't live right. So I want you to know. For me to say to you, man, you need to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And for me to say to you, you need to love people. I mean, you need to love them. You need to lay down your life for them. You need to share with those God tells you to Don't be selfish. For me to say that to you, I want to tell you. This world doesn't live that way. This world doesn't live that way. And you won't live that way unless you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes into your life and forgives your sins and changes your life, the love of God becomes a reality in you. And when Christ lives in you, man, you not only love God, but you love people. And it's all because of the presence of Jesus Christ in our life. So what you've got to say is, like I preached on Sunday before last, am I truly saved? Do I really know Jesus? If I do, oh, I'll struggle sometimes, but, man, I'm all, I love God because Jesus is in my heart. And, and I love people because Jesus Christ has given me his love. You, you want to know how bad it can get, how that a person who's lost This is one of the most sobering stories I ever heard. I'm going to close with this. This couple had gone to visit a lady and to share with her the gospel of Christ with the intent and prayer that she would be saved. And so they went in and they talked about Jesus and they talked about how he died on the cross and how that uh, he took her sins on himself and shed his blood and that now if she would just put her faith in Jesus Christ, she would, he, he would forgive her, he would forgive her, and then when he forgave her, she could just forgive others and she would not only love God, but she would love people, that there'd be the fruit of salvation in her life. And she said, Now, you're saying that Jesus died for my sins and that he will forgive me of all my sins? Yes. And you're saying that when he forgives me, I'm to love God and I'm to love people and that I'm to to forgive people, that I'm to forgive them regardless of what they've done to me? They said, yes. Well, I'm not interested. Well, why? Because I'm going to tell you why. Because of so-and-so. This is what she said, folks. You you ain't going to believe what she said. She said, because of so-and-so. What she did to me, she said, I'll tell you how I feel. I'll die and go to hell before I forgive her. You say, well, that's a rare case. Oh, no, it isn't. Because you know, you're not going to love God. And you're not going to love people. And you're not going to have the capacity to forgive unless the one who forgave you, Jesus, comes to live in your heart. And man, Jesus will give you a love for God, the Father that is greater than anything you could ever know. And he'll give you a love for people that's far beyond anything this world understands. You know, what is the great commandment, Lord? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And 1 John, John tells you if you love God. And it'll tell you if you love people. And let the word of God... Be the testimony by which you judge your life.